basketball is back man color me excited i am so excited that basketball is back that i'm gonna do a show by myself <laughs> yes this is cortez paul the ball's not court podcast as i mentioned before kevin is on his honeymoon and so this will be me talking about the sport that i love my number one love love my life basketball game that I grew up and admire so much and you know us basketball hoop heads that you know the NBA Twitter and everybody else involved is very excited for tip off week weekend night and yeah man I'm so so excited for basketball to come back so um, I'm gonna cover uh the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. I'm going to hop into all of that. I have the Hardwood Nation. CL Anthony, he got his thoughts on some of the season early headlines. So you'll hear from him later on the podcast. But right now, you got all me, baby. All me. So obviously, you've been listening for years and know who I am and know that I'm a big Magic fan, first and foremost been a Magic fan since I yeah, go all the way back since I was like five or six since I come here in basketball and I'm very excited for basketball in particular including their season this year they went back to the playoffs for the first time in seven years and so there's a lot of optimism around Church Street down here in Orlando downtown Orlando so I know our season my my team season kicks off tomorrow but, you know, you got the lucky four teams that kick off tonight. So, um, like I said, I'm, I'm very, very excited. And I'm going to go into basically my team first and, you know, what I think about the Magic in general, uh, their season coming up. And then I covered the whole NBA pretty much in spectrum. So, um, some, some of the things I read on the forum, I know we had – uh, this going around here and I figured that me being a fan of my team I'd do this first uh, so my thoughts on the Magic is there were some questions that were asked and I'm going to answer them the first question being what will the Magic record be in 2019 and 2020 my prediction for their record if they have 45 wins and 37 losses and Will they make the playoffs? I got them, yes. And I believe they will be the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference. Who will lead the Magic in points per game? I got Nikola Vucevic, just a shade under 22 points per game. Magic and rebounds per game. Who will lead them? I got Nikola Vucevic again, a shade under 11. Also, the Magic, who will lead the Magic in assists per games? Got Markel Folks at 5.6 assists per game. Who will lead the Magic in steals per game? I got Jonathan Isaac at 1.8 steals per game. Who will lead the Magic in blocks per game? I got Mo Bamba at 2. Orlando will have an all-star. If yes, who? I think Vucevic get back there for a second time. He'll be our only all-star. Less depends on what the record would be and who else might step up. Possibly could be Aaron Gordon, could be Terrence Ross, 
but like I said, that depends on the record, you know. But if we do, if the, my team does pretty well, I just only think that Vucevic should be the only all-star that we got from the Magic. So who have the best and worst net rating on the Magic? I got Vucevic plus six and Bamba, Mo Bamba at negative 1.5. Now, knock on him. He's still growing, still trying to learn this game a little bit. So I just think that he just got to stay healthy and, and get the most minutes he can to try to, you know, grow his game a little bit. And with a match and make a trade during the regular season, I don't think they'll make a trade. Except predict three bold things that will happen to the match this season. Must be something not obvious. So bold, bold prediction for the Magic. I think the Orlando Magic will eventually pop off a 10-game winning streak. They will be the best defensive team in the league. And Jonathan Isaac will become a 35% three-point shooter. So those are my bold predictions. We'll see if those actually happen. And we will get right into it with the Balls Not Court podcast season preview. Let's get this show on the road. All right, so in the Eastern Conference, I'm going to start with the East. Some of the storylines that are coming out of the East is you got Philadelphia, who added Al Horford to the stacked front line. It's an expensive team, so it definitely means high expectations. You're paying Tobias Harris 180 mil, and Ben Simmons got his contract extension, and that's worth about 169 mil. Uh, so this team is very, very loaded in the front court. And got a lot of size. So, you see what Philly do come out of the East with. Now you got Al Horford, that in case, you know, Joel and B. I'm not going a little bit more of that, but that front line is pretty stacked. Milwaukee storyline is they had a fantastic regular season. Had the best record in the NBA. But can they bounce back from that Eastern Conference loss? Well, they won two. And then after that, they lost four straight. And then how would they recover from losing the key piece and Malcolm Brockton, Malcolm Brockton departed to the Pacers, but Milwaukee did add on a few more pieces and then signed back Chris Middleton to a multi-year contract. And they added, they got two brothers on there. So now you got Brooke and Robin Lopez on the same team. You know, Robin is going to provide, provide the, the toughness on that team and get some rebounds and and pretty much get off the bench player. So storyline for Toronto, um, they are your defending champions. They go on this title defense without one key piece and Kawhi Leonard, which you all know he departed to the West. And then so the management brass decide to go ahead and up Pascal Siaskam and reload or up his contract and they got him renegotiated for four years 130 million and he looks to be their main piece their star going forward as we know Siakam has improved every year he was a key piece in their key run last year to the NBA in the NBA playoffs and and was a big component to their success in the NBA finals they still got a lot of the same pieces they just missing Kawhi Leonard of course but they still got Mark Gasol, they still got Cal Lowry, they still got Fred Van Fleet. So a lot of their core pieces are still intact. Uh, OG Ananobi, who had um, didn't really play much last year, he's back healthy. So we'll see how that team looks going forward. 
when the season starts tonight. They get their banner race tonight against the New Orleans Pelicans, if I didn't say that already. Boston Celtics added former Charlotte star and former UConn star back in the New England area. He, they added Kimball Walker to the team, but they did lose some integral pieces in Kyrie and, and Al Horford. So now you really wonder if they're going to progress or regress. Um, they still got talented fours and and Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum. Gordon Hayward, they got Marcus Smart playing the guard. So he's bringing another tough, tenacity defense on the side of the ball. Ball hawk on the defense side of the ball. So Boston is an interesting team, but you wonder if they're Oh, they add, oh, they also had Ennis Cantor as well. So you just wonder how they're going to look going forward with some pieces that's missing, and a lot of teams are still pegging them to to do pretty well, regardless of you know some of the pieces they had last year. The Orlando Magic, who went twenty two and nine to end the season last year, they kept some of the same core while adding Duff at the four spots. They added Al Faruk Aminu. They added Chumo Kiki, who is going to be basically redshirt in this season. This is a team that upgraded that four spot from Jarrell Martin and other pieces that was on his team. Markel Foltz, who they traded for in midseason, he's been cleared to play and play preseason. So a lot of this team is still intact. They signed Nikola Vucevic back. Terrence Ross is back. Michael Carter-Williams is back. The Orlando Brass is banking on continuity to see if they can progress in this season. Will it pay off? A lot of teams got caught by surprise by Orlando, so they know who Orlando is now. Those teams won't be surprised anymore. How will Orlando respond to this? Now that they know that, they got a little target on their back, as Aaron Gordon has said in his preseason interviews. So teams are aware of Orlando now, so you can't catch them off guard. But folks do add a different element that Orlando didn't have the last five few years. This is a guy that gets to the rim and can create shot off penetration, pick and roll player. The shot is still not there, but he does impact the games in other ways. He just match fans must must show patience with folks while he goes through this season. The Miami Heat added Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's um definitely one of those guys that you recognize as an all-star in this league. Um, one of the better two-way players in this league. He fit Miami build to the T. Very aggressive. Attitude speaks of the heat culture. Um, but also, Miami need to focus on the growth of their young players. Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, who's been having a fantastic preseason. Um, you know, this team still got Gordon Dragic. And all these other pieces that's on this team that still might mind me a, a pretty pretty good solid team to deal with. But the question that's been asked in Miami, when or could or if, are they going to add a side kid for Jimmy Butler? Is Jimmy Butler going to run with this core? There's been talks about Chris Paul maybe getting traded there. So you don't know. Is this going to be a showcase for some of the players to actually trade to Oklahoma City to get Chris Paul there and have Butler and Paul play the uh, tandem backcourt in, in South Beach? 
and how does all work out? Because you know they still have the longest tenure coach in the East, and Eric Spoelstra, and so he's one of the better coaches in the in the NBA, and does a pretty good job with his team and not had him competing for a near playoff spot last year. So how would Miami progress? Will Miami bounce back? Now they got a, a star. That's a start. They do got a star down there. How are they going to add more pieces to this team? Indiana pa- the Indiana Pacers. Indiana Pacers added Malcolm Brogdon from the Milwaukee Bucks as a sidekick for Victor Oladipo when he returned from his quad injury. This is a team that didn't have Victor last year and ended up being fourth in the East. They still got a deep team. They still have Miles Turner. They had the Monsters of Bonus. They have, well, I said they added, they added Brockton. They they got a lot of talent on that team. Um, so this is an Indiana team that's very well coached by Nate McMillan. They got them play sound defense, and they run their offense to the T. Very good half-court offensive team with or without Victor Oladipo. But you know Victor is the icing on the cake for this team. So can they make a strong run until Victor comes back? Can they hold up? Can Malcolm Malcolm Brogdon kind of, you know, neutralize the show once they come back, once Victor come back, and and how long will it take Victor to adjust? He has been cleared for the five on five drills, so now that's the next step to getting back to play on the court. Brooklyn made a blitz splash and. They signed two superstars in Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, as you know, came off of a killer's injury in the NBA Finals. It was initially a calf injury, lower calf injury. Kevin Durant came back in the NBA Finals, tried to give it a go, but like he didn't miss a beat, knocking down shots, one certain move, and his killer's injury went down. But as Kyrie has said in the preseason and in the interviews and everything like that, is Kevin Durant needs to take his time. He needs to not rush. We're here for him. We got a good enough team to to hold him, which they do. They still got Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen. They had DeAndre Jordan to come off the bench. Joe Harris is a sniper from the three-point line. This is a deep enough team that they can hold to him. But if Kevin Durant comes back off that Achilles injury, at least 70% of what he was. Next year, Brooklyn's going to be a dangerous team. But you never know with these Achilles injuries. You don't know how is this going to affect um, a player going forward as far as their lateral movement, their explosiveness. You just can't call what's going to happen. But if Kevin Durant comes back, like I said, at 70%, that's a dangerous team. It's a dangerous team. They said don't expect them back this season, but next year, look out for the Brooklyn Nets. I still think they got enough talent to make the playoffs. But I just think it won't be enough to make a push in the Upper East yet. Just yet. Which team is to beat in the East? 
I'm looking at these teams that I just named. And, you know, there's two that separate themselves from the pack this year. It's Philadelphia and Milwaukee are the class of the East. Already, you look at both of their teams. I already kind of went on about how Philly looks about that big front line. All that depth they have. Joel B can can go ahead and and uh, and ha- has a comfortable backup in Al Horford. Then I look at Milwaukee. Milwaukee that that's got the guy that makes everything go. You talking about last year MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak. This guy was a monster. Averaged 27 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists. Was a one-man demolition crew. He did get exposed in the playoffs. He didn't get much help either. They were able to sell up the lanes and get back to the shooters. And once you cut off the driving lane for Kawhi, you have the lane from Toronto to stay with him. You have a Siakam and Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green. You got all these bodies to throw at the Greek freak. And his mid-range wasn't falling. His three-point shot wasn't falling. And he just became ineffective. You affect him. You affect how that offense is run. Milwaukee was the best team, regular season team last year. That that is that is to be said. And the Greek Freak was was physical. They had Eric Bledsoe who was physical. But besides that, you don't, you don't have too many physical players on Milwaukee. Which their management crew, John Horse, decides to add physical players like Robin Lopez and Wesley Matthews. It's a good move on their part. You got Robin Lopez that doesn't mind getting into the paint, getting the rebounds, getting dirty, setting picks. You like someone that like contact. Robin Lopez is like contact. Wesley Matthews is a physical, physical guard. That's gonna really help out. So when I get to the line, slow down the game, get to the free throw line, put the team in a penalty. So I, I clapped these moves what Milwaukee did. You just need complimentary pieces. And a little physicality does help because you got teams like Miami and Orlando who's very physical and got length. And Toronto who's got length. Still got length even though they lost Kawhi. Philadelphia just got bigger. They got length. Milwaukee needed to do the same thing. They added, they added physical pieces. And they are still the team to beat in the East. Toronto was just on a mission last year. You, you just saw it. You just you just sensed that something was special was happening in Toronto. Hopefully <clears throat> that 
that Giannis paid attention and bring back this aggressiveness and, and come back and play. But I do think they're the team to be in the East. Um, team that concerns me about their durability. The two teams that worries me are the Philadelphia 76ers. It's been noted with Joel Embiid with his issues trying to stay healthy. A lot of low management games. It's been reported that he had dropped some weight to help with this and and ensure that he uh, up his durability. And like I said before in snippets of the podcast, the, the depth boy Horford helps. You know, Al Horford's been, been pretty solid about playing. Um, his longevity's been speaking for itself. So, Al Horford helps. They got a lot of big bodies down there. I don't know too much about their their guard depth, but I do like their big front line depth that they have. And so this will help Joel Embiid to not put a lot of pressure on himself to feel like he has to play and he has to save himself and save his body because they know that his history with his injuries are are, are up there. So, um, but they still got some talented guards with Ben Simmons. You know, Ben Simmons is, is coming on. I know everybody get on with the, with the three-point shot and everything like that, but the guy still can guard multiple positions. Get to the rim at will for his size. Got a good first quick step. Um, so same thing, you know, yeah, if he can get a 15-footer, cool. I know they made a couple of jokes about him hitting the three-pointer. And, you know, as long as he get the confidence to take the shot, then that's all you can ask for, that he takes the shot. The second team I worry about durability is the Indiana Pacers. Victor's been clear with five-on-five activity, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast. The question is, where are the Pacers going to be once he get cleared? Are they still going to be in a run of the race? Are they still going to be bound at the bottom? When is Victor going to be cleared? How long is it going to take him to get acquainted and get back in NBA game shape? A lot of, lot of what Indiana success obviously rise on how Victor Odebo helps is there. Victor Odebo was healthy at the beginning of the season. Indiana's already a top three team in the East. But with the injury, injuries and uncertainties about uh, them, makes you kind of steer aware of them being a, a lower tier team right now in the East. But no question in my mind, they have Victor Odebo healthy. This is a top three, four team in the East. They're just pretty good. They was pretty good with him last year. The most overhyped team in the East. I still think they're going to be a pretty good team. Don't know why team people have them as high as they should, but it's the Celtics. As they mentioned, they lost Horford and Irvin and replaced them with Kimber, Kimber Walker and Ennis Cantor. They're big man. They're big shapey, shaky. So you worry about rebounding becomes a little concern for them. They, well, Ennis Cantor is a really good rebounder. So he'll get the boards for you. But you worry about his – he doesn't provide the same defense that Al Horford provide on that side of the ball. And then, you know, their backups are not none to brag about as well. Uh, they did they did trade Baines, which was a solid, solid big, big man for him. And so you just 
wanted that you know maybe if things not going so well in in the season that they had to consider a trade. Now in this shot, I would say Brown's extension was going to be a bit of a distraction for him, but he ended up getting paid. So, um, so now it won't be a distraction for him. So, but I do think they're a playoff team. I just don't think they're high as, as some people think they are. Uh, the most overlooked team. I'm to my own horn here, but it is Orlando. Orlando is is uh, constantly been, according to the media, has been either ranked. Uh, low tier or not in the playoffs at all, but stat models at least shows them being in the top six in the East, top five defense after the All Star break, and what fell to realize is that the Magic replaced Jerry and Grant with folks. They added a menu for depth. They had Jarrell Martin. They had um, Isaiah Briscoe, who did a fantastic job at the end of the season and replacing Mike Carter Williams at that point in time. So. Uh, Jonathan Simmons was on his team when we traded for Markel Fultz. So Jonathan Simmons didn't have a too best of a start with the Magic. So I felt like that it was some negative there. And then that affected Mo. Mo got injured with uh, low low leg stress fracture. So he ended up missing the season. So that put in Kim Birch. So I just think that the second half of that team that year was a better de- defensive team. And... So I feel like now that we're starting off with folks in the menu, uh, you got A.G., Aaron Gordon, and Jonathan Isaac on the wings. You can just change them any guy in, 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 on any defense the way you want to. I mean, sometimes they can guard the four-man, sometimes they can guard the three-man. I mean, they really do play positionless basketball. So on most nights, Orlando defense will keep them in the game. But you got to question Orlando um are their heads going to be there now that they know that they don't have a chip on their shoulder? They, are they satisfied that they got to the playoffs? They play like they did at the end of the year with a little bit of fire. This will be the overlooked team in the East. Or will they go back to the oblivion and just fade back and just being, you know, huh? that's just all I know magic basketball ever since we traded Dwight Howard. Part of me think they're, yeah, Steve Clifford gave him done a challenge, and he's a great motivator, a great teacher of the S's and O's on defense. So part of me know that they will have, he and his staff will have this team trend in the right direction. So, so I know they, when it comes to the, the all-star game and everything, they really don't do it traditionally as they did with the East versus West anymore. They do team captains. So how did this approach is, if they had the East All-Stars, based on voting, talent, and whatnot, this is how I see the East All-Star starters will be in the East. I'll go with Joel Embiid, Giannis and Tendakupo, Kimball Walker, Ben Simmons, and Kyrie Irving are your starter five. Your Eastern Conference lead pass must-watch teams. I'm going to go with the Atlanta Hawks. Young, talented team. They're really good on offense. Trey Young, John Collins. You got, they drafted Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter. It's a full youth movement in Atlanta. Atlanta is on and up. They're not a playoff team just yet. 
But if I'm an Atlanta fan, call me a sided. So fantastic team. They're going to give teams quite a scare and, and push them. But they have to learn how to win. And But I'm telling you, some of their games will be very, very fun to watch. So they're on my list for must-watch. Second team is the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm just I'm just interested to see how they gonna bounce back from that disappointment. I picked them to win to win the East. And they came up short against a hungry, hungry Toronto Raptors team. But you got the Greek Freak, you see if you make a run at being a bat to bat regular season MVP. Chris Milton, how he respond. You know, the Batman and Robin crew right there. See how they how they bounce back. A lot of teams got better. I don't see a 60-win season, but they're going to be up there. Philadelphia 76ers will be fun to watch as well. Um, just the size and the length, and just going to be hard to score on. They got they got Josh Richardson from Miami. Just a really solid three point shooter. And I'm eager to see how far this team goes because it's gonna be between it's gonna be between them and the Bucks who who come out of the East. The the Indiana Pacers, as I mentioned, Nate McMillan did a wonderful job last year with Alvarez Depot. To that quad injury once he comes back. How that how is that Brogdon and 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 Oladipo connections going to work? They did lose Badanovich to the Jazz. But they still got Miles Turner. The most is a bonus. They got a fun, fun team in Indiana. I think they're gonna be an excellent team to watch. And then my Orlando Magic. I'm telling you, this team is very fun to watch because of lengthwise. Their forwards wingspan is ridiculous. And Jonathan Isaac, if you don't watch Magic Games for anything else, at least watch that guy. That guy is stretched Armstrong as a basketball player. Deflections everywhere. Um, even in, in the preseason game, Joe and B was coming to the hole. He ain't scared of being on no poster. Blocked him. Beautiful. Did it again. <laughs> Last year, they did the Red Dead Redemption. Wasted. I mean, he blocked him the first time. And that was the game on the line to try to, for them to go ahead and, and, and take the lead from what I remember. Jonathan Hines is a fun player to watch. The growth of Markel Fultz, see how he goes. I know the story has been going around. A lot of eyes is on the match because of Markel Fultz. See where he's going to take off. Could he take Augustine's spot? Augustine is encouraging him. He's 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 encouraging him to take his spot. You can't get a better teammate than DJ Augustine. He's he's rooting for this guy. I want him to take my spot. So I recognize this guy put it all together. He's a future. There's a lot of ifs with Markel Fultz. I get it. There's a lot of ifs. 
But if he puts it together with that size and that athleticism, Orlando find their point guard of the future. We can do hypotheticals all day. But just his comeback story alone is one reason you watch Orlando. Maybe AG progression, Mo Obama progression, Terrence Ross getting hot at any minute. I mean, I like watching Vooch play. Not a lot of people don't. But, you know, just a fundamentally sound big man. So I think Orlando is definitely a fun team to watch on the on the leap on the lead pass, must watch teams. Players to watch. I'm gonna go with Trey Young. Not bad I won this guy in the magic. Not mad I was that the Atlanta Hawks draft this guy. Selfish of me, man. I won this guy in freaking February when I just watching a little bit of college basketball. That's the guy I wanted. And it shows. Not only he came in and surprised people after that disappointing summer league show the first year in his league, he is passing the ball with amazing court vision. It's a deep threat. And just a magician with the ball. Hell of a player to watch. Ben Simmons. It's another one. Jonathan Isaac. It's another one. I kind of go off on them a little bit. Bam Adebayo in Miami. This is why they felt that Hassan Whiteside was suspendable. They traded him to Portland. They believe in this guy. What he's going to bring to the table. Great defender. Great pick and roll player. And just fast, fastly just growing into a fantastic basketball player. Heat fans got the right to be aside with this kid. Kid's a nice, nice asset to their team. And then Pascal Siakam. You play with a Hall of Famer already in Kawhi Leonard. Now I want to see what you take from him. What did you learn from him? You got to pick this man brain for a year. Now the rings is yours, young man. Let's see how you do it. The teams I mentioned above, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, Orlando, Miami, Indiana, Brooklyn, are the eight teams that will make the playoffs in the East. No particular order. And now as I mentioned, who is the class of the East? That will be your Eastern Conference Finals. Milwaukee Bucks and the Philadelphia 76ers will represent your East in the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm going to take a little bit of a break. And while I take this break, ladies and gentlemen, um, I got the Hardwood Nation. C.L. Anthony gives some of his thoughts about the whole LeBron in China, uh, the parody, 
of the league that we are transitioning to this year. And then some of the teams that he's looking forward to see and everything like that. So listen to his thoughts and I shall return after he discuss with y'all. I shall return. All right, fam, it's your boy CL and here we go. The LeBron James slash China situation was the biggest story slash none story that I've seen in the NBA in years. And it's layered in a way to where there's no right or wrong answer. Was Daryl Morey within his right to send out a tweet supporting democracy for Hong Kong? Absolutely he was. Was it within the right of the Chinese government to be upset by such a tweet? The truth is they were, but here's where there are shades of gray. Only after a meeting with the NBA commissioner is when LeBron James decided to speak out, which caused a firestorm across every media outlet. As with the other mentioned parties above, was James within his right to speak? Of course he was, but there was a certain lack of depth and understanding on his part, not Daryl Morey's. LeBron was truly the party that was misinformed, not Daryl Morey. When asked to speak on the matter, James could have simply gone the route of James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Basketball questions only. How could any reasonable party be upset with that answer? During his career, LeBron James has spoken out on certain issues, but there has been times when he's come across as disingenuous, pompous, and a bit selfish. Does he really care about the plight of the citizens of Hong Kong, or is he truly worried about his bottom line when it comes to having a good relations with China? Parody in the NBA is akin to a false prophet. Superstars win championships, and wherever the superstars land, the championships will follow. Yes, Toronto won last season's NBA title, but they had perhaps the best player in the league and also faced a battered, tired, and heavily injured Warriors team. Now said player Kawhi is a member of the Los Angeles Clippers alongside of Paul George and a few other good pieces. Ironically, they share the same building with the King and the once and future King and Anthony Davis. And that's where the falsehood of parody resides. Think of this if you will. Is it really parody when superstars deliver an NBA title or when a team akin to the 2005 Detroit Pistons defeat the juggernaut of superstars that was the Los Angeles Lakers? All right, so here go my five lead pass teams to watch this season. You have the Miami Heat, the New Orleans Pelicans, the Dallas Mavericks, the Portland Trail Blazers, and the Los Angeles Lakers. And when it comes to my favorite team, the Miami Heat, each of the last three seasons, the Heat have been tweeners. They've been close to playoff contention or barely making it in. Injuries have taken a huge toll on the Heat since the departure of LeBron James as they have the most games missed by players in that span, but this season there may be light. The addition of Jimmy Butler is solid as he defines what a Miami Heat player has been and will continue to be. Last season, we saw the growth of Justice Winslow as he took over the point guard role for the injured Goran Dragic. Having Winslow and Dragic split point guard duties brings a ton of versatility to the Heat backcourt, as well as having two nice chips for a potential mid-season trade to get even better. 
with the subtraction of Hassan Whiteside, that he actually are more mobile defensively when it comes to the paint. With his absence, the team will adapt a team rebounding mentality, similar to the one that the team used during the era of the big three of LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. With the player movement that we saw during this past offseason, the door is wide open in the Eastern Conference. I predict that the Heat will be able to host a first-round playoff series by grabbing the fourth seed. Here's my Eastern Conference playoff picks. Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Indiana, Miami, Toronto, Brooklyn, Orlando, and Detroit. And as for the Western Conference, we have the Clippers, the Rockets, the Lakers, the Blazers, the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Spurs, and the Mavericks. All right, fam, it's your boy CL. I'll holler at y'all later. Thank you, CL, for your thoughts of the upcoming season. Make sure y'all follow that guy at the Hardwood Nation. He always does fantastic work, man. So when I always get CL on the show, it'd be great. I was trying to get him on the show, but we had conflicting schedules, you know. So but nonetheless, he wanted to say his piece, and I'm always up for letting CL speak his mind on anything basketball-related. So uh, he's a student of the game and lover of the game, so I know he's just as size as I am for, well, NBA basketball. So... Let's keep this thing going, ladies and gentlemen. We will go ahead and cover the West. So I'm going to go ahead and start in the Western Conference and give you their storylines. In my opinion, what I think the storylines come out the West. First storyline is LeBron James and Anthony Davis are one of the better front court duos, but their bench and depth is a concern. The Battle of LA includes the Clippers' new stars, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, with some superior depth, but can their stars stay healthy? As you know, Paul George is not going to start the season. He is dealing with a shoulder injury, so he is going to be out indefinitely until he gets cleared to play. They have put a time frame on it, but I was blanking on me whenever he's going to try to come back. But nonetheless, Kawhi Leonard has been said that he is not on the minutes restriction for the beginning of the season. The game tonight, which they happen to play, well, da 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 the Lakers. <laughs> so the Battle of LA is starting tonight in the Staples Center. So, um, but yeah, Kawhi Leonard is now on the minutes restriction, so he will be able to play tonight. The Golden State Warriors lost a lot of star power in free agency and to injuries. So no KD, no DeMarcus Cousins, no Clay Thompson due to injury. Um, and then I just saw that story. Just Steve Kerr just affirmed that Clay Thompson is unlikely to play this season. So you wonder how Steph Curry will respond, knowing that it's just him, Draymond Green, and D'Angelo Russell going for this whole season as their sidekicks. Um, so I got in a discussion with a Twitter. Uh, father last night about Stuff Curry's Hall of Fame potential to being in the Hall of Fame and I say he's first ballot and the individual who I had discussion with felt like he's not Hall of Fame talent yet but we both came to the conclusion that this would be a telling season for Stuff Curry because of well 
now you don't have KD and Clay to fall back on for spacing. But I've been an advocate saying how, you know, Steph Curry is still a lethal threat, and he forces defenses out to him 35 feet. And so he, we'll see how it goes with, you know, not as much superior talent around him, but he's still a superior point guard, no questions asked. I'm just going to see how he's going to respond this season with a lot of teams thinking that Golden State is on a bubble as a playoff team. So The Rockets have the most talented backcourt in the NBA with James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Russell was traded from the Oklahoma City Thunder. And you just wonder how it would work with two ball Donovan guards. We asked the same question with him and Chris Paul. Where they both got to have the ball in their hands. And so I kind of discussed that a little bit further going into the podcast. So Denver Nuggets, which is a surprise team last year. They surprised the NBA last year, led by Nikola Jokic. Does this team experience regression in the vastly improved conference? Just West is crazy to say how the West was deep last year. And how much deeper it got this year. Uh, it's going to be a gauntlet in the West. And we'll see if Denver can survive the blows in the Western Conference. Utah Jazz added playmaking and shooting with their offseason pickups. This is one of the deepest teams in the West. Do they pose a threat in the West? Or it's going to be more of the same with Utah. Will Donovan Mitchell see growth well he be able to coexist with Mike Conley as the lead guard as opposed to not having Ricky Rubio anymore which I'm not questioning that's not that's, that's an upgrade obviously but you know you got Joe Ingles who just got his one year extension 14 million they add Bodon Badanovich from the Pacers some more shooting there and, of course, you can't forget the man in the middle, Rudy Gobert, who made this defense a go. Uh, so that's going to affect everything. Portland Trailblazers had a blazing run that earned them a trip all the way to the Russian Conference Finals last year. Only to get bulldozed by the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> so... Question is, do we see a motivated Hassan Whiteside who was traded from the Miami Heat to here? And a healthy Yusuf Nurich when he comes back to go with this talented backcourt they have and Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. San Antonio Spurs always overlook, ain't they? This presents the same season as here. But they still have the best coach in Greg Popovich and a young star, Wante Murray, who just signed a four-year contract extension. Should be solid. Along with Aldrich, LaMarcus Aldrich, and DeMar DeRozan. But do you worry if DeMar DeRozan contract extension poses a distraction? franchise you want to start getting some of this stuff taken care of you took care of your young point guard you believe in him he's the future murray is a solid player he had an unfortunate injury last year he came back looking pretty solid during the preseason so this is stuff going forward with this first team that's always been well coached well disciplined 
stick to the fundamentals. Timmy D is on the sideline as a, as a coach. It's good to see Timmy D, even though he's seems like he's been smoking a lot of weed, been hanging around Dun Dunny Nelson too much. Um, but nonetheless, Tim Duncan has a lot to offer the game as a coach. So that guy speaks, you listen. And so you one of the Spurs that's been pretty good about keeping the outside north outside noises out that they are able to go ahead and still make some noise like they always do as a consistent and the team that you expect to be in the postseason. Those are some of the storylines going in from the West. Which team is is it to beat in the West? My pick is going to be the Los Angeles Clippers. You got Kawhi Leonard, who had a fantastic showing in the NBA Finals. They were saying that the mid-range, mid-range game was dead. It was on life support. A lot of teams kind of shy away from the mid-range game. Kawhi Leonard lived on it last year. He brought it back out of life support. The pick and pop was deadly. The guy could not. guy was automatic from there, basically. Torching any teams in his way. I say that the mid-range is still a tool that you should be able to use. I encourage with some of these players that can't hit a three-point shot yet. Kevin Garnett did it with the best of them and managed to have a fantastic career. 18-footer, still lethal. You can go ahead and do on the elbow, hit a jumper there. Same thing Kawhi did. Got to his spot, found his little sweet spot. Reminiscent of Jordan when he did that back in the 90s. Find a little sweet spot. Yeah, Jordan could take the three. But if I know I got a higher degree shot, you can't stop me to get to my spot. Take advantage of it. The Clippers also have Paul George. Once you get back from shoulder injury. This is a team with a deep bench. Deep town around. They got a... The center from the Lakers, Zubika. I pronounced his name prior wrong. But guy's real talented. Then you gotta add in Montrez Harrell and Lou Will. This team could be the best perimeter defense in the league. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are some of the best two-way wings in the NBA. And you put him on the same team with a defensive hound like Patrick Beverly and Doc Rivers, who speaks about defense. Did one of the best coaching jobs last year. This team had no business going 48 and 43. Had no business making the playoffs with that roster. And Doc Rivers did a fantastic job with this team. Speaking of the biggest comeback in playoff history against the Warriors. The Warriors, Goliath, that has Kevin Durant, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Steve Curry is their coach, and orchestrated the biggest comeback in playoff history. How? Stevie B, Stevie Balmer has done a fantastic job taking over this franchise and getting them going in the right direction. Going to give them their own arena. Clipper fans, call, your, call yourself a sighted. You have a championship window that you need to take advantage of. 
and your team is the team to beat. You can actually afford to go, go ahead and do load management with some of these players because your team is so deep. Teams going to envy that. All that deep. It's going to be fun to watch. Teams that can something about their durability. It's got to be the Lakers. LeBron just coming off a groin injury last year. He's not this rubber chicken that he was anymore. He's 34, but 34 years old is old in NBA years. Grind of 82-game season. The guy who's seen the playoffs as much as LeBron did. Didn't see it last year. Probably need the break. You had Anthony Davis, who's been injury-prone in his career. They was, had to do an MRI on his finger in the preseason. Thought he could have been out a little bit longer. Kyle Kuzma, the piece that kept in all the mess up trade of New Orleans and and getting the move to get Anthony Davis here. He's missing the start of the season due to a foot injury. Death is concerned for the Lakers. So when they lose some of these big power names that they have on this roster here, you go into some names such as Alice Caruso, JaVel McGee, Ray John Rondo, Danny Green, Quinn Cook, Dwight Howard, This is their rotation. Doesn't sound very appeasing. LeBron and Anthony Davis has to play their game. They have to be in the lineup. At least 85% of the time. And they still probably won't be a top three seed team in the East as people are predicting. Top heavy this team is. And LeBron and, and Anthony Davis are going to make this team go. But when they go down, a lot of questions about this team depth. The most overhyped team in the West. I'm going to go with the Houston Rockets. I think they're going to do well in the regular season. I think they're going to be, they're probably going to have the best record in the regular season. That type of basketball works in the regular season. Does it work in the postseason, though? Two ball-dominant guards. I know a lot of people criticize. Even even they hear the noise that they know they're getting criticized about this. Might not want to hear this, but this is my opinion. If you want this thing to work, Russell Westbrook needs to handle the ball more than James Harden. He needs to. Harden poses a triple threat. He can slash, shoot a three. He did this stuff in OKC when Russ was the point guard there. Harden won his boy back on the team. He's got to make that sacrifice. And when it comes to fourth quarter, move out the way. It's James Harden time. It's James Harden time. Four quarters all yours. For the three quarters in the beginning of, of this, let Russ run the show. But when it comes to the fourth quarter and you need buckets, Harden's your guy. Russ is shooting down to 42% and 29% from the three-point line last year. This iso ball in the playoffs just doesn't work. And a lot of fans don't like watching it, but you know what? It's their style. 
I might not like watching it, but for Harden, it works. MVP off of it. What can you say? I just worry about them, though. They got talent. Then they lost Gerald Green, too, to a foot injury. I don't know. The most overlooked team? It's got to be Portland. Portland Trailblazers. I already spoke about this, about White Sox, new environment for them. He actually clashed with, you know, coaches and management staff over there. I mean, I got Heat fans I can give you a full story on White Side on this podcast. So maybe they need to separate from each other. Nurkic is down for the time being with an injury. So White Side is a starter. Time to build your brand back up, sir. See what you got. Just wonder if Nurkic would help thee. Would the Western Conference be that much different? Nurkic is a bad man at the five. Solid. I mean, see me, they don't think Portland is going to get back to the playoffs. Yeah, they rely on the growth of Zach Collins and Anthony Simons. You got vet pieces like Kent Bazemore. Rodney Hood, Paul Gasol. But I won't count out. They also got their two guard and CJ McCollum. But I'm not counting out Damian Lillard, man. I did it a few times last year and it got me burnt. I'm not counting him out. So, no surprise that to me is taking him out to playoff again. But. I think he will learn from counting this guy out. Just doesn't end well. This guy from Weber State is just fueled by motivation. He always has been. And they they will make the playoffs. I tell you that. I'd be stunned they don't make it. It'd probably be because of injury they don't make it. As I said about the East, the West... You know, I know they do the captains for the All-Star. So, I'm going to go with Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, James Harden, Stephen Curry as your starters out the West. The Western Conference must watch lead past teams. Go to Utah Jazz. Just interested to see that Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell duo. They got a lot of talent over there, man. They're going to be a fun team to watch. Um, even their, one of their better defenders, Royce O'Neal, has been growing. Um, you got Joe Ingles, who is a pesky, pesky, pesky three. Three, man. And Bogdan Badanovich is a big pickup for them. And it gives... A little bit more space for Rudy Gobert to grow his game offensively. We already know how he is on the defense side of the ball, so I feel like Utah's going to be a real fun team to watch. Of course, New Orleans Pelicans. No, they don't announce that Zion Williamson is is, uh, is out six to eight weeks with a 
for knee injury? Then, but besides that, they still have Drew Holiday. They still have Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, J.J. Redick. Gonna be a fun team to watch, and hope that young get healthy soon. Sacramento Kings, Buddy Hill just signed his contract extension. It's a lot of incentive base, but he deserved to get paid that. So I'm happy for Buddy Hill. See how him and De'Aaron Fox go, and then you also got the. You got the Dallas Mavericks with Christos Porzingis returning. And Luka Dantich is going to be there. See how that duo works. And then your Los Angeles Clippers with just, who well, I think it's just their defense is going to be out of this world good. It's going to be hard to, can you imagine that team trapping you? Full court. You get past Patrick Beverly, and then you run to Kawhi Leonard, and then you run to Montrez Harrell, and then you run into Paul George. You want to deal with that? That's, that's going to be really fun to deal with. Teams above are my playoff picks in no particular order. My worst in conference finals. It's going to be the Los Angeles Clippers versus the Denver Nuggets. And then my NBA Finals is going to be the Clippers versus the Bucks. And then Clippers will get their first NBA title. Kawhi went back to Cali Cali. Going, going. Back, back to Cali, Cali, and give him a title. That's my thoughts on it. So, should be fun. Other little things I'm gonna cover as well is uh, who won the league MVP. I got Giannis and the Cupo back to back. NBA Rookie of the Year would be RJ Bear for the Knicks. NBA Coach of the Year would be Mike Malone for the Nuggets. Who won Moose, NBA Most Improved Player of the Year would be Jonathan Isaac for the Orlando Magic. Who win the NBA Six Man of the Year would be Montrez Harrell for the Los Angeles Clippers. And will a coach be fired during the season? And if yes, who will be? I got two picks. I have Billy Donovan of the Thunder and Scott Brooks of the Wizards. It tends to go south fast there. Think it's a do-over. Think it's over. All right, ladies and gents, thanks for listening to the Balls Not Court podcast. NBA season preview. Like I said, man, I'm so stoked about the NBA season. I already took off Wednesday to go to my my first home game for the Magic season pass holder form. So I'm very excited and can't wait for it. But, you know, I'm going to do another podcast by myself this week uh, with the NFL picks. So bear with me, Kevin. It seems like he's having a blast. And he's enjoying himself. I'm happy for him and his new wife. 
to be or is him and him and Nicole Carter. And uh, I know he's enjoying the raise and getting a tan. And as I saw, he was in Mexico. I don't know where he's at nowadays, but um, I'm excited for him. But make sure you follow the podcast page at Balls Not Court. You can follow me at In the Minor CP. And you can follow Kevin at Kevin C2415. You go to our Facebook page and search us there. And go to just type in Balls Not Court Podcast. If you want to pull this up on Podomatic, you can go to endaminacp.podomatic.com. We are on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Windows, Google Play, Anchor, Spotify, and many other sites as well. So, as I told you the game tonight, I'll repeat it one more time. If you didn't hear so throughout the podcast, I'm sure that you already know. But the New Orleans Pelicans is on the road against the... Defending champions, Toronto Raptors, they get that banner raise and get their rings. So congrats to the Toronto Raptors. And then your late game at 1030, it's the Battle of L.A., your Los Angeles Lakers versus your Los Angeles Clippers. So should be fun. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. Thanks, CL, for contributing to this show. Uh, love to have you on the show live, but, you know, we both got our weird conflicting work schedules. So life is what it is, man. And I want to thank everybody for supporting and listening and enjoy some basketball. I'll be back at it with the football pick sometime this week. All right, ladies and gents, it's Cortez Paul signing off. Balls Not Court Podcast. You enjoy the rest of your afternoon and evening. Take care.